We're in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, but we're going to review verse 3. Let's read it first. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allowed it to each a measure of faith. So he's going to be talking about gifts, ministries, and so forth. So Paul's grace is great in the amount that was given to him as an apostle to teach, admonish, warn, and to encourage in the Lord's work. Apostle is a, of the fivefold ministry. They're actually all five of them. Every apostle and prophet and pastor and evangelist, they have to be able to teach. You have a lot of people, so-called preachers, but they don't know the Word of God, so they have no business teaching. They can't teach, then they're not preachers. They're not exhorters. So everything rests on the fivefold ministry of sound teaching, sound doctrine. That's what it's based on. So people seem to think they can separate. I hear evangelists and teachers say, well, I'm going to only give a good word. Well, you're giving a false word because it's not your business to pick and choose what you like. You have to give the whole counsel of God, that which is positive, that which is negative. That is what the Word of God is all about in this world. So when people start talking like that, you know they're not called of the Lord. They've established themselves as a teacher or a prophet or evangelist, but that doesn't mean the Lord recognizes them, okay? So he wants Christians to know what their duties and stewardships are before Christ. So we're talking about, too, all mature Christians, and there's not that many real Christians, much less mature Christians, but all mature Christians must be serving with good works and fruitfulness. They have to know the will of the Lord because they're going to answer for their stewardship and their ministries, and they, they're going to give an account one day to him, and they're to be faithful to him. And so how can they be if they don't know what they're supposed to be doing? Okay. Babes and novices, they do much by good intentions, but it's not spiritual. God considers good intentions in a person's heart, but it still doesn't make it spiritual. So therefore, Paul said, you don't put novices in places of authority. Authority is basically for mature Christians. But nowadays, anybody who wants to fill a slot can fill it. Soon as someone gets saved, they want to make him a Sunday school teacher. Keep him. It's foolishness. And that's why much of our Christianity today is false. It's not a true Christianity. It took 2,000 years, but it's been perverted more and more. So we're talking about the true church, the body of Christ, which is one. It has nothing to do with denominations or individual churches. It's where the church, where real mature Christians can gather. It has to be a few of them to be a church. A bunch of novices and babes gathered does not make it the church. So this is what we need to understand what the body of Christ is and its function. So one is to be content in his service and ministry as God gifts each differently. Some have several gifting, some have various measures. 
and different measures of each ministry. So that means the Lord gives them what he pleases, and he can increase it. He can give a person further ministry if they're faithful to what they're doing, or he can have one specialize in a particular ministry. That's his gifting. He chooses to do this. Uh, We were told to desire spiritual gifts, and Paul makes it plain. He said, but rather that you prophesy. He considered prophecy the highest because apostles are prophets. Prophets are those who speak the word of the Lord uh, under inspiration, under guidance. So all teachers and evangelists should have some prophecy or you question whether they have a genuine ministry. So he simply means to speak the mind, to rightly know the mind of the Lord and how to expound on his word. So that's a person speaking forth God's message, God's word, God's counsel, not basically his own. So we should know our responsibility to the Lord. We better because we're going to answer for it one day. Okay. I hear people years and years say, well, I hope I'm doing the Lord. I said, well, you better not hope because I guess he ain't going to do it. You either find the Lord's will and do it, or you're still in a baby immature stage and you need to get out of it after five or 10 years because God doesn't have no retarded spiritual children. You cannot be a babe in Christ for five or 10 or 20 years. You've got the false gospel or you're disobedient. It's a reflection off of Christ. So it means you're not being led of the Spirit. You're not obeying Him. So that's what it means. So people don't like the hard word, but that's what's going to be given often in this time. So we should know our responsibilities, (laughs) our gifts and ministries as a part of Christ's body and a light to the world and edification for the Christian. So it's a sad thing to live a long life professing Christ, yet not knowing his will or work. That's a dangerous position, okay? Talents and gifts must be used. Uh, Remember the man that only had one talent, and he buried it and accuses the Lord of being too hard. Well, he was called by the Lord a wicked servant, and he was cast into outer darkness for being such. See, he thought he could pick and choose what he wanted to do. He didn't realize the Lord said, you're going to answer for this. So you better find out things. But see, he thought he had put the blame on the Lord and it worked out the way he planned, okay? So now going to verse four, Romans 12, for just as we have many members in one body and all our members do not have the same function. So we got to realize that. Christians, as they mature, they can do various things, but that doesn't mean their specialty is that. So we need to see that everyone, many ministries and service and gifts, they flow together many times. So it's not you're locked into one thing, but some people specialize in a certain area. That's their gifting, what God has gifted them for. Okay, For the gifts and ministries help us to grow up in the Lord. If you're a novice or a babe or a beginner, that's what helps you build. And rightly to handling you studying by yourself, you can get it better if someone's gifted. They can open your eyes because they're they're called for this. Take you a lot longer to get there, but they're gifted to reveal it by the Spirit and to help your spiritual understanding. 
give us wisdom. That's what the gifts and ministries are for. So if a person is faithful to what they're given, the Lord can elevate them. Seemed like some of them around Paul were prophets and teachers. And then later they're called apostles, a few of them. It don't mean that Paul immediately started being an apostle. We don't hear of that word for years after he's matured and been accepted. But he was the calling could be years earlier. The Lord can tell people before they're matured for it what he's has his intentions are and what he's training a person for. So no one's going to get saved and come to the Lord and all of a sudden he's an apostle. That's not going to happen. Those grounded in the word, those tested by the Lord before they move into these offices. We're talking about the Lord's offices, not man-made opinions and people voting on people because they got good personality or because they have money and all that. That's a bunch of garbage. Ain't going to count for nothing with the Lord. Okay? So they need to know how to rightly handle the Word of God for edification, building up, encouraging, warning, admonishing. Many of the epistles, someone says 35 to 40% of the epistles are warnings, admonishments. He's talking about the person that's walking in the Lord. And if not, there's reproof and rebuke and chastisement. So we see all of these things. That's what the Word of God, the Word of God shall abide forever. All ministries and gifts otherwise are earthly bound, and they shall cease because they're not going to be needed when we cross over. But God and the eternal Word and what is revealed about him will always stand. Okay. So he says, so we who are many are one in Christ and individually members one of another. So he's going to relate the head is Christ, but the body is church, his people. And the emphasis is the head rules the body. He's the Lord. He's the master. So you don't see no independence. You don't see no self-doing this or that. It's God's business what he does with us, okay? So we have many parts and members, yet we have one body, Christ's body on earth, okay? We service and minister and function somewhat differently, yet all are given a measure of faith and grace to serve the Lord. So they're spiritual. Just because a person's a doctor doesn't mean he has the gift of healing, just because a person can speak several languages doesn't mean he has the gift of tongues. See, there's earthly talents and there's spiritual talents. And God gifts people by hereditary, what they inherit through their parents, and some is good and some is bad. But people have abilities and talents. But spiritual things are different. They're not acquired by learning. They're not acquired. They're gifting. And the Holy Spirit reveals how they're to function and what he wants. And he is involved in these. He does not turn them over to people to do as they please. We give an account for what we're doing because we're supposed to be doing it with the Lord. He that joins himself to the Lord is one spirit. So we're not working separate from him, but he's not doing it all. So we keep saying that we have to have divine and we have to have the branches to have fruit or ministry. 
It's not one-sided. It's never one-sided. It's not all grace and faith as the heretics teach us. It's not a license to sin. It's not salvation, and then we live as we please. That's no concept in Christian doctrine. If we're saved, we're saved for him and for his use, not to keep us out of hell. That's the bonus that goes along with it. So when we're separated from the world, that's being sanctified. The priests on the old covenant were separated, and then they were consecrated to the Lord for service. And that's the way the Christian is. When he's born again, he's not born again just to keep him out of hell. He's saved because the Lord wants to produce righteousness and holiness in a practical way. So he buys us. He redeems us. But we are his. We're not our own. We're not independent. Oh, we have misunderstood what Christianity is all about. So again, he can give us more as we mature in the Lord. Or he can withdraw if people are not faithful to what they're doing. Many people want more or more, and they're not faithful to what God's telling them to do. He has no intention to give them anymore. See, they're just thinking in a different vein because they're not spiritual. When a person becomes a spiritual, whatever the gift or calling is, they understand their stewardship and their responsibility to the Lord. So if you want ministry, you want this, there's consequences that come with it, good and bad. Uh-huh. As the Apostle James, he said, the half-brother Jesus, after he talks about faith three times, he says, faith without works is dead. He said, without spiritual works, there is no faith. It proves you have the goods. Without fruitfulness, you're a dead branch. Okay? And immediately in the next chapter, it should be a chapter there, That was put there by men. The next verse says, Now not many of you should become teachers, for we shall come under the stricter judgment. Now he's just refuted people and called them fools for saying faith. They can have Christianity without serving the Lord. He could be their Savior and not their Lord. Don't we hear that doctrine? Greasy grace, Calvinism, that's what it is. Once saved, always saved. Well, James has something to say. He said, you kind of people shouldn't be teaching. Because you don't even know the scripture. He called them fools. Faith without spiritual works is dead. And Paul put it another way. He said grace and faith is obeying righteousness. So he believed in obeying. And Paul was very careful several times to say, and be careful that you maintain good works because you're going to be responsible and you can't prove your faith without fruit. And actions. See, so Christianity is not passive, it's active. Most professing Christians uh, have passive faith, mental assent faith. It don't work. It's a form of godliness, but it has no power to live before the Lord because he's not in it. Okay, so that's just religiosity. Man is sort of built to be religious, whether he's going to serve the Lord or not. Verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So God's grace, which includes his wisdom and knowledge, but it includes authority for a gift. And when a person understands authority, they have more faith and trust so they can be used more because they know they're gifted for that. 
people shouldn't say, well, I hope I'm a, a teacher in the Lord. Well, get out if you're not, or if you don't know, because you're going to be judged for it. You better find out what the will of the Lord is, and then, like he says, you do it. So now he's going to speak of gifts. Some call these few he's going to talk about, these seven or so, call them motivation gifts. We have the five-fold ministry, which is the person. His ministry is the gift. The apostle is the gift. The prophet, the evangelist, the teacher. But they use various other gifts. We call them the nine. Some call them the supernatural. They're inspired differently. So an apostle and prophet, he has to have the gift of prophecy. He has to be a gifted teacher. Or he shouldn't be an apostle or prophet. So he'll use word of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, We'll get into the supernatural gifts that they are to be used by more by those that are in authority. So the fivefold ministries, we call the word gifts because they are superior as far as God is concerned. Gifts of healing, miracles, casting out devils, uh, things when they do happen, they're temporal. They do not leave this world. A person can be healed and die 10 years later. He's still, his body's going to see corruption if he's in this world. So they're not permanent. But the word of God is permanent. So the ministry of the word takes precedent. The ministry of the word, James says, is able to save your soul. It's the implanted word. It'll keep us in the way. These other gifts like that, they don't. They don't have nothing to do with spirituality. They're meeting needs at times. Service helps. We're going to get into various ministries and see their function. But they do not cross over into heaven. They're not they're needed here. Okay? So they don't prove often a person's spirituality. Some people can exercise certain ones while they're not right with the Lord. The Lord can use a jackass if it suits him, but that doesn't mean he approves. So many are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And they're going to name these gifts. And he's going to say, I never knew you. They claim to be Christian. See, they thought they had certain spiritual gifts, but they were not spiritual. They were imitations. They may have had them at one time and forfeited it by unfaithfulness. Okay, And the devil can imitate all of the gifts very well. He's a good counterfeiter. And that's why we have one of the gifts, distinguishing of spirits. Even a regular Christian can be fooled in some cases, but when the gift of discerning of spirits comes into play, it will pinpoint him, and it's a spiritual insight that he's speaking falsely, or he's, some people speak the truth. They don't do it in love. They don't do it because it's the Lord's word. They do it for money and influence and glory, but they still teach. See, even Paul said he gloried that the word of God is taught even if it was mishandled, but the one who mishandles it is going to be a trouble one day. So you can be guided into giving to people, and you can give, and a lot of people give to be seen for glory, for praise. And Jesus saw the Pharisees doing that, And he said, they've received their reward. See, they wanted the attention of people, and that's what they get. They don't get no reward as far as God is concerned. Actually, they'll get punished for being a hypocrite. That's what's going to happen to them. 
So we need to get into these. So these motivation gifts here, we'll call these motivation gifts. Now, Paul explains some gifts and ministries. Grace is given for all gifts and ministry. Uh, Grace is the spirit working in us, the helper. So he's showing us the divine side, which there is no functioning truly spiritually without the spirit involved. So grace is strength and faith and authority to exercise whatever God has called you for. Okay. So he says you are given a measure. Okay. Some have the same gift, but a higher capability for it. There are teachers and they're good, greater teachers as far as their soundness and they're able to explain things, but some still teach. All mature Christians should be able to teach. If not, something's wrong with them. Paul said you should be off of the milk. You should be able to teach, and now you need to go back to the milk. So he's talking about Christians that regress. They grow for a while, and they go back and forth. And then James says a double-minded person won't receive anything from the Lord. So they're up and down and back. So they're not stable. So the Lord can't trust them. They don't stay stable long. So they're constantly being reproved or rebuked. And there's a consequence to that when you keep doing that. So he says you are given a measure, okay? And you are given that grace. That grace is God's strength and power to do it. He's the helper. See, all the gifts are done by man, but they're inspired So men speak in tongues, but God gives them inspiration. Every gift, only gift you can say that maybe a man sometimes is not directly in control of is the working of miracles. Sometimes when God's functioning or did function in that, he could do things around that person without them even being aware of it. Even Jesus, the woman was healed and he asked, who touched me? It's implied at that moment of that gift He didn't know. He's human, too. He wasn't acting as God. He didn't know a lot of things. He had to grow in wisdom and knowledge. He didn't know the day he was going to return. He does now. He said, that's in the Father's care. But she touched him and had faith, and it drew the gift of miracle God worked. And he said, who touched me? He wasn't mimicking anything. He was curious. But that was the gift that was moving. All the word ministries and others, the man is responsible for what he does with it. The prophet's greatest ministry is to speak forth. It doesn't matter if it's given revelation or insight into God's word. He's speaking the mind of God. But the scripture says the spirit of the prophets are subject to him. It means they're responsible. So if they get a message, they have to regulate when and how they're going to give it. They can refuse. He doesn't overwhelm them and make them do it. Now, I hear people say, well, I just couldn't help it. Well, we understand when they get overwhelmed, but you better help it because you're going to answer for what you said. People say, well, I don't know what was coming out of my voice. Then you better be careful. Could have been a demon speaking. And that's why we have discerning of spirits. He can even trap a good Christian and cause them to stumble. They're not careful. Take heed when you think you stand, Paul said, lest you fall. So when people move into that, which rare we see these things anymore, but we have to teach them anyway. We're on the downside. Paul was in the beginning. 
we're on the downside when it's going to get darker and darker, and there may not be many lampstands around. It may be just candles before the Antichrist comes on the scene. But we teach the Word of God anyway. Okay. So verse 6, he says, Now Paul explains some gifts and ministries. Grace is given for all gifts and ministry. Grace is strength and faith and authority. Repeating, he says, You are given a measure. Some have the same gift of ministry, but a greater grace, as Paul was given greater grace because he was an apostle. He was given great responsibility. He said of all the churches fell on him. Not many people are given that. He established Gentile churches, come back later and checked on them. He was given that responsibility. I can't say many people are given that, are they? But he, he mentions in several places prophecy. Later, he states prophecy is the most useful of gift because it's the speaking forth of God's word. It can take exhortation, preaching, evangelizing, instruction. And if it does, then occasionally God inspires and it's prophecy, whether people recognize it or not, it's prophecy. And all of a sudden, that's how people are saved, too. The evangelist speaks, and the Holy Spirit moves and convicts and disturbs people because that's the evangelist's job to do that and to get a response from them. So unless there's conviction and disturbance of the conscience, there is not going to be no true evangelism. People are not saved by reading a book or a track. or The Spirit has to be involved one way or the other through the person speaking and through the person receiving. See, the spirit always has to be involved if it's spiritual. So prophecy is to speak the mind and will of God, and it uses other gifts and word gifts to do that. Apostles, prophets had to be gifted in prophecy, not just revelation, things of the future. At times God shows them for the body of Christ. But apostles were prophets, every one of them. And prophets and apostles were teachers. They had to be. They had to be sound teachers. Exhorting and preaching will have prophecy in it. We call it inspired or anointed. So someone speaks the word and it convicts people. The sinner and the saint. It makes them uncomfortable. It disturbs their conscience. They know something's wrong. That's its intention. It's a sword. It's to help people see the truth, that they'll correct themselves with the Lord's help, that they'll repent and confess, that they'll recognize their errors if they're a Christian, getting into things they shouldn't be able to or should not be able. So it's conviction of sin is prophecy. So when a person hears the preaching of the word and he's convicted, that's prophecy. People think prophecy is only predicted. It has very little to do with that. It's speaking the mind of God. And the Word of God does this through various ministries. Okay. The branches yield to the vine, and it's going to produce something fruitful in the life or in the ministry. Okay. So when this happens, no one is saved that the Spirit's not involved. No man can come to the Father unless the Spirit of grace in some measure is given. 
And often he gives it without the preaching of the word. That's lower levels. He's catching their attention and he's letting nature and their conscience instruct them. And if they start to respond, then he may give them more. That's his intention. Okay. If they're not faithful, he may withdraw. Okay. So it's spiritual alive and produces results because it's based on the word of God and the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is useless without the Holy Spirit. It's the letter of the law. It kills. People can read Scripture all day long and still be unspiritual. Oh, I'm no minister for 40 years. Can quote the Bible back and forth. They're not even saved because they're preaching heresy. But they can quote Scripture, and they know Scripture. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how to rightly handle it, and they don't know they're deceived. Okay? Because the lying spirit has captivated them because of the falseness and not wanting the truth or not wanting to obey it. Okay, then he goes into service or helps. If you're given that, he said, then you serve well. And then he gets into teaching. He who teaches, a portion, the faith has given him to teach. Service is many types of ministries, anything that edifies, comforts, helps, and ministers. We can say that all Christians are given a measure of giving. All ministries give something. That's why they're from the Lord. They produce something. They produce the results if they're spiritual. Okay, So they're to edify, build up, encourage. They're to comfort. They're to help. They're ministered to. They're admonished. They're to do many things. And some people have several of these kind of gifts. We'll see they, we call them different things, but we're going to see they, they work in different ways and overlap to each other at times. But every mature Christian is responsible for some gifting, for some service to Christ and the body of Christ. And we see then one teaches by the measure of that gift. But one must study the word, rightly handle, explain it. You're not going to be a teacher, and you're not going to sit there. I heard this foolish minister one time. He was young, but he was foolish. I knew he wasn't called by the Lord. He stood up in the, by the pulpit, and, and he waited, and he waited. He says, you know why I'm waiting? And the people said, well, why are you waiting? Because he quoted the scripture, you shall not think of what you shall say. The Holy Spirit shall give it to you. Well, he was a fool. I almost walked out. I thought, you foolish man. He thought God was just going to pop it in his head. That message is meant when you stand before authorities and give an account of the gospel under persecution. Then the Spirit will help you. He ain't telling you not to study the Word. You're supposed to study the Word. I almost want to say you're the most foolish person I've known. Now, went back years later, and he was gone. I could see why, but they probably shifted him to another foolish place. But I said, and they're supposed to be pastors and teachers. That, that's amazing, isn't it? So anyway, you better study the word. He brings to remembrance. So we study and absorb, and then the spirit can bring it back and put it in its right function and show us how to use that. We're to rightly handle. Some say divide the word, rightly handle. So when people get saved, they have no business teaching. They, they need to be learning. They need to study the Word. They don't need to be out ministering and giving witnesses. That's a bunch of foolishness. You don't uh, take a recruit 
and say, oh, you joined the army now. Here's your gun. Now go out and kill somebody. You prepare them. You, uh, you make sure they're fully equipped before you send them to battle. Same way in the spiritual realm. So one teaches by the gift. So he must study the word. Peter, when the church was growing, they were having problems dividing the money to the Hebrew Jews and the other Gentile, and they complained. And you know what Peter said? He said, it's not right that we leave the word of God to minister to tables. Ministering to tables is deacon's work, gifts and service. There's a place for it. But he said, we as apostles, we're to labor in prayer and minister in the word. He spent a lot of time studying and praying. That's what the apostle's job was. He said, I'm not going to get involved with deacon's work. That's not my calling. He had a higher calling, and that's true. But all can do any gift when necessary, and we do a bit at times. So we see, rightly handle the word of God. No teacher is to be a novice or a baby in the Lord. One who ministers must be mature because he's going to be held accountable. A novice and a babe is not held accountable because he's not gifted. And he doesn't has given authority. His job is to drink the milk and grow. And then later on, we'll see. And authority does not come by just Bible knowledge. Studying the Word of God, you can be brilliant at it. But if you don't obey the Lord in your personal life, it's vain and can do you a bit of good. It's not spiritual. So that's why I say people can teach and know the word, but something in their life the Lord ain't pleased with and they won't deal with it. So he calls it rebellion. They're no use to him. Oh, people think they're great. God isn't fooled. They'll answer for it. Oh, they can teach the word of God and help people. They get no credit for it. See, because they're not doing it spiritually. They're disobeying the Lord. They're not doing what he's telling them. And they know it. I'm not talking about a guessing game. I'm talking about knowing it. And they're the ones who are going to say, Lord, Lord. And the Lord's going to tell them that they weren't even Christians. But there are some that he's going to say, I don't know you, but he once knew them. So we're told to take heed. So ministry, if your heart's not right, is foolishness. You just add sin and hypocrisy to your lifestyle. So that's what he's talking about. So no teacher is to be a novice or a babe. One who ministers the word of God must be a mature Christian. You don't send people out witnessing and giving tracts and they just got saved. That's a bunch of foolishness. That's been brought into Catholicism and Protestantism. It has nothing to do with the word of God. It's denominational foolishness that amounts to nothing. It can convince people with the scripture, but you don't change hearts if they're not gifted. You can give them all the tracts and Bible reading you want. It can do a bit of good if there's no spiritual involvement. Okay. One who ministers must be a mature Christian, or it's mere wood, hay, and stubble, and good intentions are not spiritual. Okay. God can overlook things in a babe and a novice, and he does, but they still don't produce anything spiritual because they're not gifted to do it. Okay, the one who exhorts, okay, we use the word exhort, it means preaching, proclaiming. Preaching and proclaiming is not always uh, these foolish people. They preach the gospel every week, and the people stay stupid and ignorant. I sat in a church for nine months, and all I ever heard was, 
the gospel preach and rededication. I said, I learned that the third week I was a Christian. I don't need to keep hearing that. I need something to make me mature. And that's why the people never mature and they backslide. They don't last long. They're not given any sound doctrine to build on. So you don't keep preaching how to be saved to Christians. They're supposed to have gotten saved. They're supposed to be entering the race. You don't tell them every week that you've got to be saved. And then these ministers, they overlook 500 people. Well, we've got to save one. They misinterpret scripture. The church is for Christians. And it is for outsiders to come. But the main emphasis is the word of God in the body of Christ. Even James said, do good to all men, especially them of the household of faith. We don't lay aside the brethren for some heathen, some wicked person. We give them the gospel. But we have a covenant responsibility to those that are in Christ. And that's why they never proceed, because they don't have the gift of exhortation. And they're not an evangelist, because an evangelist knows how to teach God's word. He just doesn't get them saved and run off and leave. Oh, at least they're saved. Uh -uh. He himself starts to teach them, or he finds a mature Christian to teach them before he moves on. That's what Paul did. Paul stayed in some places two years and established things. He didn't say, oh, you're saved, now it don't matter. Well, you'll get unsaved real quickly. That's why that once saved, always saved is such a deadly, damnable doctrine. But see, that's why they emphasize it. Oh, well, at least they're saved. No, they're not. And, and if they are, they're not going to last long. Okay? So he who exhorts according to the gift given or the measure given, he said that let him do it in his exhortation. That's what admonishment's for, and encouragement, and warning. They're to be in good preaching. Let's take a break here.